Welcome to Roots for Growth podcast. I'm Anna Bell and today I'm joined by Anne Hughes uh, from Anne Hughes Ignite. Welcome Anne. Oh thank you for having me Anna. Great to see you and it takes me back to uh, me coming on your podcast a few months ago now and um, I have to say that has inspired me to do this as well. So it's great to be here today chatting to you about your story and um, your experiences having uh, run your podcast for such a such a while now uh-huh. um, so just for the benefit of listeners the, the purpose of this podcast is to spark your curiosity share learning and inspiration and connect with what's important in your life and the themes that I like to focus on and we can go anywhere the conversation takes us as well is about growing through the changes that happen in life about resilience and mindful living so taking those things that have happened in our life and making choices and and, and doing things we want to do and being as we want to be in life life. So Anne, I'm so delighted to have you here. I'm just going to do a wee intro if that's okay. Anne Hughes is a broadcaster, motivational speaker, writer and mentor committed to igniting those she works with to live their best lives. Encountering a life-threatening brain injury in 2017 and enduring a lengthy recovery, Anne is now dedicated to speaking her truth, inspiring others and empowering as many women as she can on the journey. And my goodness, I could ask you so many things about this. I wonder if I could take you back to um, what you've shared with me before as well about your brain injury and how you've come back from that. And what are the what are the things that, that stand out for you that have helped you to recover and be where you are now? Yeah, so my brain injury happened in February 2017 and it was a very normal day and uh, well it was it's been an exceptional life. I've I've been a lucky lady, but you know, married to my husband. It was actually a couple of days after our 16th wedding anniversary, three children, and I just got up for dinner on a, a Sunday evening and got a pain behind my eye, which very quickly escalated to a call to an ambulance, a rush to a hospital a nine-day coma, a lot of death watch, and me finally being saved and I had had a brain aneurysm, which for anybody that doesn't know what a brain aneurysm is, I suppose, is that at some point they would say, predict that I've had a, a fall and hurt my head, and that causes a weakness on one of the arteries in your brain, which causes eventually a wee blister, and it, it burst on the 12th of February 2017. And so I, I think of life as in what life was like before and what was a very clear defining line in my my 46 years now it is a very clear defining line now um recovery was when I reflect on it now it was difficult but I was very aware I've been on a spiritual journey and I think we've we've spoke about that I'm into personal development everything since I was like a late teenager since I was 18 19 20 sort of a really into it when I got to my 30s I have to say and when I did come out in my coma and the surgery, the third brain surgery worked and I, I was I was on the road to recovery. I couldn't speak, I couldn't walk, I couldn't string a thought together. Very challenging times. And at the time the doctor said to my husband, to my sisters, we don't know how Anne will be after this. It's a waiting game now. You just have to see she could have cognitive difficulties. She should could need help for the rest of her life. And in that moment when I understood that, I remember now really clearly thinking everything that you did brought you to this moment mm-hmm. and now you'll fix it on the inside, Anne, right? Because I had that freedom. I'm not saying that freedom exists to everybody that encounters an illness because it clearly doesn't. Yeah. 
But within that, that I then became the kindest person that I have ever been to myself. And that is a journey that has, that has definitely stayed with me. And um, so, yeah, I just went on a journey of recovery. I was very nice to myself. I had a lot of love around me. Um, keep moving forward was my affirmation that I said hundreds of times a day and never beat myself up for the fact there was so much I couldn't do for myself I was all right with the help I was grateful for the help I got yeah. but just sort of I knew that but I'll be able to maybe do it tomorrow mm -hmm. and and so it's 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 changed my life obviously as you know Anna so yeah and my goodness and you said keep moving forward hundreds of times a day so it sounds like it was really everything you were you were going through your day and, and uh -huh. yourself going with that. Uh -huh. It was very, very confusing, you know, and I was dead clear on that. You know, the brain surgeons get obviously full credit for saving my life. But when it came to how I was going to get back to and what I was going to come back to, I sort of really knew that was on me. You know, I really did know that that was on me. And that keep moving forward was that frustration of the fact there was so much I couldn't do at first. Like, you know, that, the simple thing, I'm not being able to talk. And at first they didn't know if that was neurological or physical. It turned out it was physical because I had been intubated when I had arrived at hospital mm -hmm. and it had just been done in a hurry and I had got damaged. So they knew my voice would come back. Right. Straight away, instead of being upset about that, I was very interested, intrigued almost by the fact the only two-way conversation that I was having was with myself. Mm. so then I'm in control about that conversation's narrative is going to be and I'm somebody who talks a lot and now even now I do really reflect on what an interesting journey to have been on mm. where where your communication that real conversations were happening obviously lots of people were talking to me yeah. but all of those thoughts and what that narrative was like in my own head and like power of that narrative and you speak about obviously I know the podcast about resilience and that that resilience that I make it sound as if it was easy and for me it probably was the easiest choice to make being mean to myself would have been a harder choice to make probably because I'm quite positive but you know that resilience god you know I think we've all got resilience in it and sometimes we need to encounter stuff like that to build it don't we Anna? Yeah I, I, I would agree with that and I say that from you know, countless clients I've worked with that have had something devastating happen. And, and actually that was the basis of what you and I spoke about on your podcast, that I truly believe we can grow through the, the changes that happen in life in some way. And like you said, it's not always easy or smooth or um, tidy way of, of coming back from something and, and nor can everything be recovered from. And mm. such a sense of choice and conscious choice in what you're saying. Yeah. about that inner dialogue about how you have brought yourself back from that and and I'm wondering how has that influenced what you've done since then because you're very active in speaking to people and, and motivational aspects through your podcast and, and all sorts of stuff you do yeah I think you know it's interesting isn't it when I reflect on me now to me then and I only obviously know the one me right so because we always only know the one odds and so do I feel different I, I think like early days I used to say there was Annie 1.0 and Annie 2.0 and this was Annie 2.0 I don't have that differentiation anymore I have to say but my friends would reflect on how I was much more determined and nothing would put me off in those early days and I was probably quite scatty as well, I have to be honest. I did see a psychologist for seven and a half months because I was a wee bit like, 
half my head, quite honestly, because that whole defying death thing was something that weighed very heavy on me psychologically. Um, but thankfully, I, I, I got through all of that. But I think it's a determination of and an understanding of tomorrow is promised to none of us. And I really know that. And I think now that we're on, when I used to talk about that before, before 2020, mm -hmm. people didn't always get how quickly things can change unless things have changed quickly in their lives. Yeah. Whereas now we all get how quickly things can change, mm -hmm. how quickly we can all be sat in our house for months on end and not be able to see people. And, you know, some people are still very much in that where they're really isolated. Um, so that belief that, well, tomorrow is promised to none of us. So if there's something I want to do, I better get a jog on and do it. Mm -hmm. But also what became really clear to me is that line in the sand that, that we all draw where this is acceptable to me, this isn't acceptable to me. So we've all got that moral compass, haven't we? What's okay in my world and what's not okay in my yeah. world. But quite often that line can become a bit blurred. And when people step over it, you maybe shimmy back and redraw the line. Whereas that line for me after my brain aneurysm became like a concrete line and nobody was stepping over that mm -hmm. and therefore when there was behavior showing up in my life at that time probably within like my workplace and things like that there was no way I was relenting back mm -hmm. and therefore I had to make changes and I had to make decisions that were right for me that fitted with the life that I came back to live I was like I did not defy death I did not because I you know the doctor didn't expect me to survive and then they didn't expect me to get well and so now I'm very much I did not defy death but to be okay with this yes and therefore this is not going to be okay mm -hmm. and so if anything it just makes me very intuitive and very quick to say is this okay with me or is this not is this what I want to do or is it not and I make those decisions really quickly. Mm. Can that be because I've still got the whole, as I've referred to the whole, is death after me? Did I defy death? Is it? Mm. And that was the, the thing, the journey I had to go on in 2017, 2018. But it's still like, just make the decision just now because you don't know if you'll ever get to make the decision if you don't make it just now. Yeah. No? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. And unless you've, you've faced something like what you have, you wouldn't have that perspective. Huh. Uh -huh. and, and I try to share that with people mm -hmm. I really do try to share that none of us actually know what's around the corner we all think we all think about death as being oh I'll be an old woman and I'll be surrounded by my family and my children and my grandchildren how many people actually die like that mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. you know we just don't know how short this piece of life that we're living is and therefore I, I no longer have the ability to waste my time on nonsense, mm -hmm. I think is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm wondering if it's linked in any way with um, how you talked about being kind to yourself throughout your recovery, that there's something about that um, deciding how you want your your life and your world to be. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I really, I was, and when I think back on it now, I'm like, God, I was, I could not put one step in front of another. I could not, you know, do really simple things. And yeah, I was dead, dead clear on the fact that I had to be nice to myself. I thought this is mattering in. Yeah. You know, and I think that was that culmination of all the workshops I'd went to, the books I'd read, the yeah. radio shows that I'd listened to, the podcast, all that stuff that I had done like hundreds and possibly thousands of hours of my life. And I thought that all brought you to this moment, Anne. Mm -hmm. And you know if you've heard anything that is a recurring theme and all of that stuff that you've done, 
it is that what's going on in here is what's most important. You know, the, the age-old adage probably that I can't control what's happening, but I can control what my reaction to it is. Yes, yeah. You know, and therefore my reaction had to be a good one because I often do sort of a... I would have been forgiven for staying in my bedroom for the rest of my life. Yeah. It was probably sort of what was expected. Mm-hmm. And yet I just knew that was not going to be my re- reality. I was very clear that that was not going to be my reality. And now sometimes, you know, we're almost five years after that. And sometimes if I'm getting frustrated with anything, and I, rem- I try to remember, I was away for an MRI scan last week and just a checkup. Mm-hmm. And as I was lying in that, that machine I was thinking you know the you that you were when this was all kicking off and then when you started to get better you were so clear you need to keep reminding yourself to get that clarity back almost a wee bit scared that I'll lose it because we're now five years down the line yeah don't lose it and don't lose that clarity because if you can actually come back from what you came back from then why are you worrying about nonsense things because you can definitely do that you know mm-hmm. if you can defy death if you can make a, a miraculous recovery that is not expected for you to make, because I got everything back, uh-huh. then you can do this. Yeah. But it's just reminding, we need to all remind ourselves this stuff, I think, as well. Do you know, I, I, I agree with you so much. And the, the, the term that comes into mind is, is anchoring. You know, that way of what you actually did there in the MRI machine was, um, it, it sounds like you're sort of taking yourself back to, to a degree to that time and reconnecting mm-hmm. with the helpful things that you took from that. And, um, and I, I do feel, even listening to you today, most of what I talk about when I talk about resilience is what's happened with my husband and so on. I was um, I had a health scare and was very fortunate that it was okay. But I did have um, a, a moment in an MRI scanner actually thinking they're about to find out the truth of what's going on in here. And, and you know what you've said, I value that even more now that that conversation in your inner world determines so much of what then happens in your outer world because there's some things mm-hmm. we can't choose or influence and there's an awful lot that we can. Yeah. Um, and all of those hours and, and investment that you'd made in yourself, um, um, I can relate to that too, that it all matters and it all comes through for you in a time when... Um, yeah, and I think it's just about choice, isn't it? We yeah. so often think that we don't have a choice. I think we've always got a choice because we've always got a choice about what's going on in here. Even you saying at the start about like getting people to do things, even though you won't be able to do it all, you'll be able to start. Like, all of the best ideas in the world came from someone having a thought about it. Yeah, yeah. So change happens. Change happens when it, when the idea pops into your head. Mm-hmm. And therefore, even though nobody else in the world can see what's going on, you can know that change is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, nobody else, you know, our world can be controlled in so many ways. And I don't diminish, you know, I am among the most privileged people in the world that I'm a white, educated woman living in the west of Scotland with access to education and healthcare. Mm-hmm. Healthcare? Healthcare. So I, I don't diminish that. And I know that some people don't have all of those freedoms that I have got. But the point, we have all got the freedom about what goes on in here. Nobody can ever take that from us. Uh-huh. And that for me is transformational. Even on a down day, I'm not saying I don't have those days where I'm, but it always comes back to me, come on and you fix it in your head before you fix it anywhere else. 
yeah you know yeah totally and and I'm fascinated by the fact that you've now spoken with almost a hundred different women and you've asked them in your podcast and you've asked them the question what do you know for sure and I I, I re-listened to the the first one again because I wanted to remind myself what you know what the themes were and I'm listening to your um word that comes to mind is like your fresh explanation of what you were beginning Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering now if I can ask you your own question um, to say, and uh, what do you know for sure now? Yeah, well, I want to, before I tell you what I know for sure, I want to caveat it with, this is a, I've been doing um, my radio show as well at night, the radio show, yeah. for over three years, and I have final questions in that. So I've all, I've asked now like 240 odd people that question, wow. because I always ask that, although the answer was always very brief, and that's where the podcast grew out of. Mm-hmm. And what I, First of all, what I know for sure is that is not a permanent answer for anyone, I don't think, because every time I've asked those 240-odd people that question, I've contemplated it, and it changes. Mm. So for purposes of my podcast, I say, what do you know for sure? But for purposes of myself, I would say, what do you know for sure today? Because it does change and it does alter depending on what you're experiencing and what's going on in your life and your world and round about. And this is something I think that probably come up out the other end of the, the MRI machine, actually. And just I don't even know who I would have listened to that was speaking, like listening to a podcast or reading something about this and about how we have all these beliefs. This is what I know for sure. Mm-hmm. We have all these beliefs about ourselves And then we see everything else through that, right? And so actually, if the belief was wrong, then everything that we've saw through it is potentially wrong as well. So I'll give you the example of where it comes from. I've had this feeling for my whole life, we could call it a chip in my shoulder. I don't usually talk about it publicly, Anna, but you're getting that, Mm -hmm. about how some people would find me too working class, right? So from Govan, grew up in Govan, did grew up grew up in a very loving household, but I did grow up in poverty, and was very much surrounded by poverty. I'm very proud of my working class roots. I'm very proud of my working class accent. Do still consider myself working class. My daughters disagree with me because <laughs> because I live in a bought house and I'm an educated woman and I'm a professional and therefore how can I dare call myself working class? But it's what I identify with. Mm-hmm. And so, so often I think they just think I'm too common. They just think I'm too working class for them. If I was posh, I would be doing that. Mm. If I was a Tory, they would give me a nap then, wouldn't they? And what I've realised is that this is literally brand new, literally a week old. Uh That that belief is wrong. Mm. That belief that I'm somehow a victim and I'm somehow put in a box of being working class and from Glasgow, if that's wrong, how many thoughts, interactions, opportunities that that I have thought have gone because of that reason are also wrong? It's actually a wee bit mind-blowing. And I don't even like using that phrase because my brain actually did burst one time. Mm. So that's what I know for sure. To, to summarise is that we need to question our beliefs we've got about ourselves because I think they could be really, we're gaslighting ourselves. Mm. I think that we are leading ourselves astray down paths we don't need to go down because we are believing stuff about ourselves that is not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? Did I Absolutely. get all that? 
It's the first and, time I've verbalised it, so that's yeah, why I'm checking. Yeah. And and um, what I what I find a lot with clients I work with as well is when it's a belief that's at identity level, often by reflecting like you just have you open it up for reflection and then you, you can spot things as they come along, whether that belief serves you or not, or what belief comes to mind that, that sits well with, now that you're aware of that, that, that sits well with how you... Um... I think I wore it as a badge of honour. Mm-hmm. Now I realise that I wore it as a weight around my neck. Mm-hmm. And isn't that an interesting turnaround? It's, it's, it's a very interesting journey, but I'll go back to, I have been on this personal development journey for a long time, for 30 years nearly, mm-hmm. right? And there's the beautiful thing about it. The work is never done. Yeah. I hope I get to my deathbed and I realise something I've never realised before, or I change my mind about something I thought was true, because I think that is the journey of life. Mm-hmm. The journey of life is that we are continually re-looking at our lives, re-looking at our beliefs, re-looking at our worlds and thinking, oh, did I get that wrong? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm somebody who's very certain about what I believe, but I'm also somebody who's very certain about the fact I could change my mind about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a beautiful journey to be on because I think life must be quite like, uh, actually, I wait around your neck if you think that you need to believe everything you've always believed mm-hmm. because you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it brings to mind a quote that I I found recently just at the right time, how that often that happens. You find uh-huh. it, but it really resonated. It was um, Pema Chodron and she said, feel the feelings, drop the story. And what that brought to mind for me is is often visceral or like I feel it in my chest. Oh, there's something to pay attention to here. And I don't always know the answer or what the new belief is or how the story can change, but it's it's open and it's there and it will evolve. And I trust that as well. And I get that sense from you that you're, um, you're saying it's the first time you've verbalised that and that you will discover things as you go about that and about anything and everything else as well. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, I do, as you know, I do lots of different things. So I do my podcast, I do my radio show. Uh, I work as a consultant in the third sector. I'm a mentor. I do some professional coaching within the third sector. I do a lot of contributing on BBC or on STV. And now I think, wouldn't it be interesting to see what my journey's like from this moment on yeah. without that belief? So I am intrigued and I love being intrigued by my own life, mm-hmm. by my own experience of the world, because that's quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. Like, so you thought that for 46 years, you thought that, and you really believed it. I believed it the way I believe if I drop that pen, it falls. Yeah. Right? If I don't believe that anymore, how different could life be now? I don't know the answer yet, but I'm quite excited to find yeah. out. <laughs> I can tell by the look uh-huh. on your face and, uh-huh. and by your willingness to actually go on the, the journey with it by talking about it. Um, uh-huh. I, I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I know. Yeah, I know. Her. I can't believe that. I just, I didn't, I didn't decide what I was going to talk about, but that's, mm. I'm glad that I have verbalized it to you now. I hope it made sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I, I love that. Um, you know, it fascinates me how people go through change and what a beautiful example that is knowing what, what you've been through and, and how you've, managed to recover from the brink of of death and 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 to continue to learn and have the appetite and the tenacity to to learn and discover things like that I find it inspiring thank you thank you so much Anna
Listen, thank you so much, Anne, for joining me on the podcast. Um, it's been fantastic to have you on. Um, and you've given me your web address. If anybody wants to follow up and find out where you are, uh, you can go to www.annehughesignite.co.uk. And I'll certainly be listening in for these and future podcasts as well. So yes. thank you very much for being here today. Um, great to have thank you on. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to listen to what other women know for sure as well, it's on all the streaming sites. Just search What Do You Know For Sure podcast. Brilliant. Thank you, Anne. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Roots for Growth podcast. And uh, until next time, bye for now.